So it's really important for us to go out there and step up and, you know, speak our truth, speak our voice, even if it's scary. And, and I know it's scary, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen. We could get targeted. Someone could be harassing us. But like, if we don't do the work, no one else is going to do it. But it's the road less traveled for a reason because not everyone's willing to do the work. People don't realize, you know, when you're healing, it's not always pretty. It's not like, you know, rainbows and lollipops. Like, it's messy. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm very excited to share that I have an interview today. I haven't done an interview episode in a while. I've been doing a lot of solo content. And today I have a returning guest, Sheena. I last had her on back in March and her episode got a really good reaction. And that doesn't surprise me because she's a coach and she does work on confidence. And I find her perspective and insights and stories to be so helpful, so real, so relatable, so refreshing. And I wanted to have Sheena back on both to dive deeper into confidence and to talk about her book. She wrote a book, which is so exciting. And I'm so looking forward to diving into my copy of it. She published a book called Asian Women Who Boss Up. And it's all about sharing the stories of Asian women who have bossed up in their careers. And I know for so many of you, you're on your own journey of elevating and finding that next level in your career. And so I thought that getting more of Sheena's insights, talking about her book, hearing what it was like for her to put this work out into the world and how the process of creating the book really shifted how she thinks about confidence. I thought that all of that would be so useful and applicable to you. And I was personally really excited to go behind the scenes with Sheena and hear a little bit more about her creative process and just talk about confidence overall and dive deeper into the stuff that she and I got to talk about when she was first on the show in March. This is such a good one. And so much of what she shares makes me feel fired up. So I hope it makes you feel that way too. And with that, I'm going to cut straight into the conversation. I'll draw your attention down to the show notes where you're going to find all of Sheena's links and you can get her book. I'll talk about that at the end too. But aside from that, let's dive into the interview. Let's meet Sheena for the second time. And if you love this episode, and if you haven't listened to her first interview, I highly recommend it. It was published in March, and it's the number of the episode is like the low 100s, like the 110 to 120 range. I definitely recommend checking that interview out. It was such a good one. But for now, <laughs> let's hear this conversation and let's meet Sheena. Hey, Jessica, thanks so much for having me. Super excited to be here today. And for those of you who may have not heard of me, my name is Sheena Yapchan. I'm a keynote speaker, coach, podcaster, and bestselling author on building self-confidence. And I also have, I'm part of a book called Asian Women Who Boss Up, where we highlight the stories of 18 Asian women 
who share their stories about forging their own path, overcoming obstacles and thriving. So just really super excited to be here today. And that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Oh, and I also have a podcast called The Tao of Self-Confidence, where I interview Asian women about their journey to self-confidence. And uh, I've interviewed over 700 Asian women on this topic. So I had to mention that. (laughs) 700. Over, yeah. (laughs) Wow. In what time frame? That's a lot of interviews. Five and a half years now. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Hats off to you. I like broke a hundred and I was like, wow, I've done so many interviews. You still should give yourself a pat on the back because it's a lot. And a lot of people who start podcasts don't even reach to like the 10th episode. So got to give yourself a pat on the back for that. <laughs> totally. We made it past the pod fade. <laughs> Okay, cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about your book and a little bit about your work around confidence. So let's start with confidence first, because I know that's a topic that so many people are interested in. One thing that I'm curious to ask you, because we did an initial interview on confidence, so now we just get to drill deeper. So I wanted to ask you how your definition of confidence has evolved as you have evolved. Well, for me, it's really learning to take action, even if you make mistakes right? Especially in entrepreneurship as women, we tend to like overthink everything and make sure we're prepared to a T. But no matter how much preparation we do, it's like we still hold back because of how we see ourselves. You know, as women, we always see like we're not enough, you know, making mistake is such a huge thing, or it's like the end of the world. But really, sometimes you just got to go out there and do it. And even if you're scared, just just do it. Because the the only way to overcome your fears is to just go out there and take action. Like even creating the book, right? It was really hard for me to reach out to people because I was just so scared that I would get rejected. And so I did get rejected, but I mean, it wasn't the end of the world. And that, that, like confidence helped me like get past through that, right? Uh, I know sometimes when we get rejected for something, we feel like the worst person in the world. We feel like a failure. But I think people don't realize the rejection is just part of the process and everyone goes through it, whether it's one time, a hundred times, a thousand times, even 10,000 times, we all go through it. So just even learning to just push through that. And actually, I appreciate the people who tell me no, right? Because at least I have an answer and I can move on to the next thing. And I think if people see it that way, it'll make things a lot better. Like I see rejection as something totally different from like a year ago. A year ago when I got rejected, I would eat my feelings. I would feel sorry for myself. I would think I was like not good or something was wrong with me. But now it's like, okay, well, no could mean not right now. No could be a blessing in disguise. And no just means no. And it's okay, right? Because I'd rather have an answer than, you know, having someone ghost me and just be iffy. I'd rather just have a a transparent answer versus no answer. Nothing ever happens if you just don't keep doing it, right? Just practice, practice. And, you know, I don't say practice makes perfect. Practice makes progress because I don't believe in perfection because there's no such thing. And, you know, I believe that we're just perfect in our own selves, like perfectly imperfect. And so the more you just go out there and just practice and practice and learn from other people, the better you get at it. Of course, nothing happens overnight. Uh, people sometimes come to me like, you're so good at it. I'm like, yeah, but there was a time when I was really bad at it, like super bad to the point where like, I don't think I can make it, right? <laughs> and I think we all we all feel like that in the beginning. In the beginning, when we start something new, it's scary. We don't know what's going to happen. And 
and and we think we're going to fail and we we do it once and we think it's over but you have to do it over and over and over and over so they get better and better and better and better um so i hope that answered your question <laughs> oh my gosh yes there was so much good stuff in there you said so many things that my brain was like grabbing onto I think there's one really big theme in there that I love so much and I think is so important, which is your definition of confidence is similar to mine and that it's messy. It's not about feeling good. It's not about being the pristine woman who feels amazing. It's about being the opposite and then showing up for it anyway. And I think this is where we can give ourselves permission to find our confidence regardless of whether we're feeling terrified or feeling crappy or feeling like everyone's doing better than us. Yeah. And you know, people don't realize like that's what men do. They just go out there and do it. Even if they're like 10% ready, they're just going to go for an ask, you know, for the sale or ask, you know, to connect with you. Even if they get rejected a thousand times, they just know to keep on moving to the next until they find that one person who says yes. Right. And so if we just approach confidence that way, just kind of like take action and figure things out along the way, we would go so much further than like, you know, trying to prepare and prepare and prepare right? Because I know we all go through this. I'm guilty of it as well. I prepare to a T and then I still resist, right? But now as you know, I, I build my own confidence, I resist less than like a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. Um, that gap has gotten smaller and smaller because I'm just going out there taking action, making mistakes along the way, not knowing what I'm doing half the time. But I know at least I'm doing something, right? To get a result. And sometimes our greatest mistakes can also be our greatest opportunities, right? I've, you know, I've, I've made mistakes where it's like people want to connect with me or buy something from me. And I was like, oh, I guess it wasn't such a bad mistake after all, right? Because sometimes you get a sale out of it or you get, you know, a referral, whatever it is, right? So I think it's important to, to really talk about this when it comes to confidence, especially for women, because we're so much more emotional and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, of course, you know, that's also one of our greatest strengths because we, we can, um, show compassion and empathy and we can relate to other people, but there, there has to be a time to where we just got to learn to take action and make some mistakes and be okay with that and not care what everybody thinks. Totally. And I think it takes a lot of unlearning to unwind defining our worth based on outcomes, which I think is so embedded for so many of us. And I think for me, it's just like a lifelong process. Like I will always be bringing myself back to that. But once you realize that you can do that, it frees you up to take risks because you realize like, oh, like failure isn't as scary as I was making it in my head. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, you know, I failed kindergarten. So for me, I thought failure was the worst thing that could ever happen. Um, But really, it was just I was always meant to like always color outside the lines because I failed kindergarten for not coloring in the lines of a photo. Like they would give me the same exact photo again to color and it just would I wouldn't color up in, within the lines, right? And if I had the self-development and personal work back then, it, it would have been a sign that I was just always meant to color outside the lines. I was just never meant to live, you know, how everyone else was supposed to live or how I was told to live as, a, as even as an Asian woman. Yeah, that's such a beautiful example too, because a lot of the women who listen are in nine to five in this corporate environment. And I know that they have a fear of saying something that's too out there or stepping on someone's toes. And I think what you're speaking to also is finding your voice as a leader and really owning that. And unless you're willing to be messy and color outside the lines, you you can only differentiate yourself so much and you can only be so much of a high performer if you're if you don't take risks yeah for sure 
I love how you define confidence and I love the spirit of it of like, just be messy and keep going. I think there's so many of us (laughs) type A people that we need to remind ourselves of that constantly. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Even myself. (laughs) Yeah. I want to hear about your book and what inspired it. So where did you get the idea and what made you want to create it? Well, this idea actually came out last summer, summer of 2020, when we were all stuck at home, like literally. And, you know, I met this lady online who was uh, creating books, right? She was creating a series of books. And, you know, we just started talking and she, and I told her what, what my podcast about and what my mission was about and what I'm passionate about, which is to empower women, especially Asian women, because of how we're brought up, how we're seen, how we are treated. I wanted to create a stronger representation and not always be like that token Asian woman. And so when I started talking, it just really like kind of like light bulb moment was like, Hey, why don't we make a book about Asian women? I was like, yeah, why not? I don't see any books that highlight Asian women. And we kind of went from there. We didn't really have a clue how we were going to do it. We just went for it. We made a commitment that even if it took us over a year, we were going to get this done. But thankfully, it did take way less than that. And now we have a book called Asian Women Who Boss Up that features the stories of 18 Asian women who are you know, sharing their stories of how they're able to forge their own path, overcome obstacles and thrive. And what's as important as the stories in the book is the front cover because I don't see uh, books where we highlight the faces of 16 Asian women on the front cover. And that's super important, especially when you know, you grow up with no representation at all and not having someone to look up to, that is really important because, you know, we're still very underrepresented in all forms of media. And it's up to us also to change those numbers, even if we have to start from zero and have no clue what we're doing. Uh, we just knew we, were, we wanted to make a book to highlight Asian women and we had it, we made it done. Uh, like, it wasn't perfect. It was actually very messy, but we still had it. We still made it. We still got it. Right. And of course, like there's going to be people out there who are going to criticize you or, you know, tell you like the little nitpick, the little things. I'm like, you know what? You didn't go out there and create something. And, you know, I appreciate the feedback, but there's people out there who will always judge you for something. Right. And you have to sometimes kind of step away from that and realize, you know, you created a book, you created something that could really change people's lives and, you know, just give yourself a pat on the back and whatever mistakes you make, we can always correct it on the next project. Oh my gosh, totally. I have this philosophy around creative work of anyone who makes creative work and puts it out into the world. That is an accomplishment. It is scary to put your work out. It is can feel exposing, vulnerable. And I think that we forget sometimes. And so when even if I see something like a movie or a thing and I didn't love it, it's like, well, that person made that. Like they wrote it and they made it and they shared it with everyone. And there's something about that that I feel like we just have to acknowledge that, you know, and I'm like, I'm so excited to dig into your book. I'm sure it's amazing. But it's so funny when you get that feedback from people. And it's like, have you written a book? <laughs> have you like, have you done that? <laughs> not, not that all feedback. Actually, we don't have that much bad feedback. We've been getting a lot of great feedback, of course. Um, they love the fact that it's interview style, because they feel more connected to the person story. They feel like they're the ones interviewing that person. You know, we've had other women who just said, you know, I, this is the kind of book I want to, or the mindset I want to instill in my daughters this is the kind of book I've been looking for. Uh, with Asian women have been bossing up for years, but nobody's been talking about it. So, you know, of course, there's a need out there, right? Especially when it comes to diversity, because, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about it, but do the total opposite, or it's just all smoke and mirrors. And, you know, if, if we want to create that, we it really has to start with us, right? 
And I know sometimes it's scary to start something new, especially if you have no experience or you have no clue what you're doing. But sometimes you just got to go out there and start, feel it out and see what happens, right? Even if it means reaching out to a hundred people, just reach out. There's someone out there who's going to say yes. And you just never know who's going to say yes, right? For me, I enjoy reaching out to people, right? Because uh, I just don't know who I'm going to connect with, right? It could be someone who could like, you know, create this other amazing opportunity to elevate each other and elevate women and, you know, kind of just dismantle all the things that we go through, the stereotypes and the model minority myths. Yeah. Did you always know you wanted the cover to be what it was? Or was that something that came to you later in the process? We always knew we wanted the women in there. And then in the previous books, we always showed the women on the front cover. Uh, we all, I did want the color to be red because red was, um, you know, the the col- my color. It's my color that I like to wear and represent. Uh, red for me is the color of co- courage and confidence. And also in Chinese culture, red is a happy color. Right, we wear red for celebrations, such as birthday parties or someone's birthday. We wear it as a sign of happiness and something to celebrate. So, um, you know, my aunts always make fun of me because when I go out, go over to their houses for dinner, or we have a big family party. They're always like, "Is this, is it your birthday today? Why are you wearing red? Like, is it your birthday?" I was like, "Well, it's my birthday every day, so I just say that." <laughs> I love that. And you mentioned before the model minority myth, and it made me curious about how that's impacted you or what your personal experience has been there, if you would like to, if that's something you'd like to share. Yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, you know, Asian women has always been seen as, you know, quiet, submissive and obedient or treated as sex objects. And of course that affects us, right? In the workplace and leadership roles and promotions, because, you know, we feel like we're not picked because of that model minority myth. They might think we're too quiet. We don't have the leadership skills, but actually we do, right? And sometimes we don't say anything because of our upbringing, right? We've always been told to never make any noise, just do as you're told and never rock the boat. And even if something bad happens, you know, you just keep it in to yourself. And that's why most people think we're quite submissive and obedient. And because of that also, you know, women are targeted more in Asian hate crimes than men. You know, they're they're targeted two and a half times more than men because of this model minority myth. And even like, you know, the shooting in Atlanta that happened in March, right? Um, You know, almost like eight women or six to eight Asian women were shot and and died because of, you know, these these things of the model minority myth, thinking like, well, they're not going to say anything because they're quiet. They're not going to do anything. Uh, You know, they're the easiest target. So it's really important for us to go out there and step up and, you know, speak our truth, speak our voice, even if it's scary. And and I know it's scary, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen. We could get targeted. Someone could be harassing us. But like, if we don't do the work, no one else is going to do it. And so, you know, as scary as, as it is, but this is also the opportunity for us to create change, to create a positive impact and elevate our community at the same time. Yeah. One thing that I wonder too, that I feel curious about is like how starting your business might have changed your relationship with your own voice and you, you know, voicing your perspectives, because I can tell you like in my experience, it's just taking up space in a totally different way when you own your own business. And I wonder how that was for you. Oh God, before I was afraid to do anything. I was afraid to like put myself out there. I was afraid to do like doing videos took me forever to take. Like it took me like my first video took two hours to like record a two minute video because I was just so scared. And so as much as I wanted to 
have a business out there, a part of me was holding back because I was so afraid of what if people think this is crazy or what if they think I'm crazy? What if this fails and I'm just a laughing stock? And we all go through that, right? So we kind of resist a little bit and just not do anything. And then we wonder, why aren't I getting any sales? Why am I still stuck at this point? It's because we're too afraid to go out there. So yeah, before I was really afraid to just put myself out there, put myself in different forms of media, you know, even sharing my message, sharing my products and services. But, um, you know, as I learned to connect with like-minded women and just kind of have a tribe of, you know, women who are in business that kind of helped me just step out of that shell or crack open my shell to like, just go out there and talk about it. Talk about, you know, your business, talk about who you are, talk about what you stand for, because the more you keep doing that, the more those fears go away and the more confident you get. And it will just feel natural the more you keep doing it. So of course, this didn't happen overnight. I mean, I never used to talk like this you know, before I wouldn't even talk. So. Well, you mentioned something that I think is so important, which is the gradual nature of it. And I think that can kind of be a mind trip, especially at the beginning, because you don't see progress at the beginning, right? Oh, yeah. At the beginning, it just feels like shit all the time. <laughs> You're like, what the hell? Everyone's <laughs> lying about this personal growth stuff, right? And it's like, you got to make it through that messy middle. And that requires a lot of commitment. Yeah. And you know, it's called the road less traveled for a reason, because not everyone's willing to do it. If everyone was willing to do it, we would all be happy and confident and, you know, just going out there doing all kinds of stuff, right? But it's the road less traveled for a reason because not everyone's willing to do the work. People don't realize, you know, when you're healing, it's not always pretty. It's not like, you know, rainbows and lollipops. Like it's messy, right? It's really, really messy. And like, sometimes it could be very dark because I mean, that's what life is. Like we have our happy moments. We have our sad moments. We have our light moments. We have our dark moments, but it's how we keep pushing forward is what matters the most because as women, we're very resilient you know, we can overcome any situation, you know, we, we encounter, right? I mean, we've seen that through the pandemic. So many women have been able to pivot and, you know, turn their businesses around or even just quit their jobs to create a business or being able to, you know, run the household, have a job or business, take care of their kids. And like, that takes a lot of work and people don't appreciate that kind of work. And, you know, I commend every mother who had to do that during the pandemic, because I know it's not easy at all. Yeah, I love that. And I want to hear about the women that you interviewed for the book. One thing that I feel really curious about is as you were talking to these women and getting their stories, did you, I mean, you've interviewed 700 women for your podcast, right? So I'm sure you've had a lot of light bulb moments, but specifically for the book process, were there specific moments, specific stories that really stand out in terms of your own growth? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's one story in the book that's really great, you know, about um, one one of the women who had was diagnosed with breast cancer and got sued by the FTC at the same time. And she talks about, you know, how that was the darkest moment in her life and how she was able to turn things around to be, you know, su- successful business and leadership coach that she is today. But can you imagine if you had not one bad moment, but two bad moments at the same time, like breast cancer and being sued by the FTC? It's like, you're trying to figure out, well, how can I start doing chemo, but my assets are frozen by the government? Um, you know, that's that's not easy to do. And that's really hard, especially if you have no support or people don't want to talk to you because you're going through this bad situation. Um, but she openly talks about it, you know, and talks about like, you know, if people look her up, this pops up and she's upfront about it and transparent. She's like, yes, that did happen to me, but it's all over. 
you know, I've learned my lesson, I'm doing better. And it's okay sometimes if we have, you know, some some skeletons in our closet, right? Sometimes we just need to let it out and tell them like straight up, yeah, that did happen to me, but I overcame it and I am stronger than ever. We have another lady who talks about living with multiple personality disorder, right? And like mental illness and mental health is such a huge topic. And especially in our culture, it's such a, such a huge taboo. Nobody wants to talk about it. We either avoid it or do the total opposite, like putting you in a mental institution. So even something like that is very refreshing because nobody talks about stuff like that, right? Like it's very, very taboo. No one wants to talk about stuff like that because it might shame the family name or people will look at you differently. But she's living her life even with this mental illness and she's okay with it, right? She's okay with it because she's still the, you know, the, the person that she is today, the confident person that she is today, going out there, changing lives, having a business, you know, coaching people. Um, so it's really important to, uh, you know, share some of the things that we go through because sometimes our flaws can be our greatest strength or a weakness can be our greatest strength. Uh, we even have some of the women who've gone through alcoholism, through sexual abuse, bankruptcy, uh, you know, just racism, all kinds of things, but they were able to overcome it. And so, you know, a lot of us don't talk about the mistakes we made or the challenges we go through, but, you know, the more we can be vulnerable, like, and just, just be honest about the things that we do, the more people can relate to us, right? People will connect with you because they can relate to what you go through and they want to know, how did you overcome that? How did you overcome bankruptcy? How did you overcome, you know, being sued by the FTC? How did you overcome breast cancer? How did you overcome sexual abuse? I want to know how to get from A to B. And I think you're that person. And that's why stories like these are so important. Everyone loves a hero's journey, right? We all love it. No matter what the storyline is, if it's, you know, the hero's journey, we all love it. Why do you think we love Marvel movies so much, right? It's a hero's journey. And so, you know, just the stories in the book and the books are just phenomenal because it's not only Asian women that can relate to, it's all women. Because as women, we still go through similar things. We still have uh, similar, you know, doubts that we go through and thought processes. And um, it's something that only women can understand. Men will be able to understand it, right? Because they're different. We're just different. And that's just the truth. I love how real the stories are that you're sharing too. That makes me so excited to dive into the book because I think a lot of times we see the story of like the pristine woman and then like we go into it hoping to feel empowered, but then we feel more alienated because we're not seeing stories of like real actual women. And I think it's so cool, the different types of women, the variety of stories, like that just makes me so excited. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so important to share our story, no matter how messy it is, right? I mean, look at reality shows. Why are they so popular? Because they're all a hot mess. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're all so a hot boring. mess. Like, you know, one of the most <laughs> successful reality shows is like the Jersey Shore. And every day they're like a hot mess, but people love them because they just show up as like a hot mess every day, getting drunk and, you know, things like that. Or, you know, not figure, not knowing what to do when they have a baby. Like they just, whatever, like they can admit if they don't know something, Right. And, and I think that's some, like, as much as like, you know, a lot of people make fun of that show. I mean, it's still a little refreshing to see like, yes, you know, they're in their thirties and forties and they don't know half the things that goes on. So yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's so important because I think when we are thinking, oh, I'm a hot mess. I need to hide it. I need to be perfect. Something's wrong with me. I think it has us in this mentality of contorting ourselves, right? We're always solving for like, what version of me do I show in this specific situation? And how do I curate myself? And I think when that happens, that's when we are just blocking our genius because so much of our energy is focused on that. 
And then ironically, people never get to see the best of what we have when we're trying so hard to curate. And I think it takes a lot of trust and a lot of bravery to really show ourselves and trust that who we are is enough. But at the same time, until we play in that space, I think it's hard to access that confidence that is like really real and really lasting. Yeah, for sure. And I think the most important thing to remind people is that you don't have to do this alone. Like it's really okay to ask for help. You know, if you want to jumpstart your business, jumpstart your confidence, like ask for help, seek a mentor, seek a coach to to help you go through that so that you become better, right? Especially if you want it a little bit faster. Because sometimes, you know, uh, mentors and coaches can see something that you don't, right? Like we all have blind spots, right? And so sometimes they can probably detect those blind spots and kind of help you correct it. So it's, it's okay, right, to, to ask for help. And I know it's such a huge thing for us to ask for help, right? Because especially like in our culture, like asking for help is considered like pretty much a sin because it's seen as a weakness or, you know, people might think we're asking for a handout. But like if it can help you in your journey, then why not go ask for that help? Why not go seek for that help? Like, you know, even going through a, like a, a psychiatrist is considered shameful, right? When we're going through mental health challenges, but it shouldn't be, right? They're there to help you feel better and be better so you can go out there and do be your best self. And so there's no shame in that. And I think the more open we are about these things, the more it can be normalized and just even be seen as something good as something instead of something bad and taboo. I totally agree with that. I used to be someone who didn't want to get help and like felt this pressure, like I have to do it all on my own or it doesn't count or like it's too embarrassing. And the more I've embraced the opposite of that, I know my quality of life has been so different because of that. We're not meant to grow alone. I just, I don't think that that's how the growth process is supposed to happen. Yeah. And I mean, it's the reason why you created a podcast, right? It's to help other people as well. It's why we create books. We create coaching programs. We create, you know, speaking opportunities is to help everyone realize their potential and, you know, to help them go out there and take action in whatever it is they want to do. If they want to, you know, get that dream job, start a business, you know, become a singer, whatever it is, right? There's no limit, right? We can go out there and do it if we really believe in ourselves and just take action. Well, most of the time we'll probably take the wrong action, but I always say the wrong actions will lead you to the right actions. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And that can be so frustrating, you know, but at the same time, once you learn that, it also takes the pressure off because you realize that like, you don't have to have all the answers. Go do one thing, see if it worked, and then go do something else. And that is li- <laughs> that is literally the path to how all things get done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just try to figure it out. Like if someone said no, okay, they said no. Why did they say no? How can I uh, correct it? So the next person says yes, right? Like that's it. It's all about learning and er like learning along the way. I know it's different when you go to a school system that's just like you're studying, 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 and there's no life lessons or like no action plan after that, right? We kind of just, you learn for like 20 years and then you get put into the world and you're like, what do I do now? Right. I mean, no one ever teaches you like real life skills. Right. And, And like, even like in school, I think, you know, topics like self-care should be definitely be taught in schools, right? Because as women, we get burnt out so fast because we're always doing things for everybody and we forget to take care of ourselves. And burnout is such a huge topic right now because a lot of women are going through, especially from the pandemic, especially when you're homeschooling and, and doing chores and taking care of other your relatives or family members and then, you know, your own things. Like it can really burn you out. 
you know, we need to learn to teach others to like take care of themselves, learn to, uh, you know, have boundaries so that we can protect ourselves and our energy so that we can continue like to show up as our best selves. Right. And I know sometimes working from home, most companies think like, well, you're at home, you're working, you should be available to me 24 hours a day. It's like, I know I still have other things to do. You know, I also still need to sleep, (laughs) you know, I need to recharge so I can be better the next day. Um, And so it's really important to talk about these things because these are huge you know, problems that people are facing right now, especially women. Mm-hmm. I'm curious your relationship with boundaries. Mine is so complicated, <laughs> but I'm curious of what yours is and maybe how it's changed recently for you. Yeah, I've learned to like say no to the things just to, to, that just don't serve me. And it, that takes a while, right? Sometimes there's still sometimes we'll say yes, even though it just like doesn't feel right. Um, but that's something that I need to learn, unlearn. But I know I'm, I'm learning better to set those boundaries and just say, no, no, I'm not doing that. No, that doesn't make sense for me. No, thank you. You know, like it's, 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 it's so freeing when you can say no to the things that don't serve you. It's like the best feeling in the world. Right. And then it's like that weight is taken off. And when you feel a lot lighter, you can go out there and do the things that you're meant to do. I love that. It's funny when you were talking about rejection earlier, because it reminded me that like, when someone rejects me or sets a boundary with me, I try to file it away in my mind as also like, oh, like I was rejected and I'm fine. I can set a boundary with someone and it'll be fine. Because I think we we forget, at least for me, I forget that like we don't have to be responsible for everyone's everything. And I think as women, like you were saying, we can really fall into this thinking of like, we just must sacrifice ourselves at all costs. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like, sacrificing ourselves to the point where we don't even recognize ourselves is not the way we should be living life, right? That will be so draining for us. And we have, you know, our energies become low and then we have low self-esteem and low confidence. And it just, we end up not wanting to do anything because we're just so tired of everything. Yeah. It's such a bummer. And then we no longer enjoy the things that we used to enjoy, which is so sad, right? Because I know for so many people, they actually really enjoy what they do. But when it becomes so all consuming and the lines between home and work get so blurry, it like that stuff just goes out the window and it begins to feel so heavy. Yeah, for sure. Okay, before we pivot to the closing questions, tell us where we can get in touch with you and find your book. Yeah, for sure. So for anyone who wants to connect with me, you can check out my website, shinayapchan.com. You can also purchase a copy of the book, Asian Women Who Boss Up on, on my website, shinayapchan.com forward slash book. Uh, part of the proceeds will be donated to nonprofit organizations that are combating anti-Asian hate and anti-Asian racism. Because like I mentioned, women are two and a half times targeted more than men. So it's really important us for us to um, you know, provide t- tools and resources to help protect our women. Also, you can check out my podcast, The Tao of Self-Confidence on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and all major podcast directories. Or you can check out my website, thetaoofselfconfidence.com. And if you forgot anything I mentioned, just search my name, Sheena Yapchan, because I'm the only Sheena Yapchan on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. I'm so jealous. (laughs) You're the only one. That's awesome. I'll put all the links in the show notes so everyone can find your book and your podcast and your website. And for closing questions, since you've been on the show once, we'll do slightly tweaked closing questions. So I usually ask people about the name of the show. What does the art of speaking up mean to you? But because you've been on, I wanted to ask what the name of your book means to you and what specifically the phrase boss up means to you. 
Yeah. I mean, Asian women who boss up, boss up really just means like elevating to the next level, just showing up, taking it to the next level, whether it's in business or personal, like what does that mean for you? Does it mean starting a business? Does it mean just, you know, taking your marketing love, marketing up or finishing a goal that you set yourself out, whatever it is, it's just really taking it to the next level. And so any woman who's listening right now can do that. They can take it to the next level if they choose to. You, I definitely believe that you have what it takes to go out there and boss up in your own life. Um, and remember, you don't have to do it alone. You know, If you can't do it alone, find support, whether it's a book, a podcast, a person. Um, you know, Those are there for you for a reason. It's to help you level up, to help you boss up, to help you take you to the next level. Oh, I love that. And for anyone listening who is having troubles believing in their ability to do that, if you could speak directly to that person, what would you want that person to know? I would let them know that they can do it, right? And that you don't have to do it alone. Find a tribe out there, find a group, find a coach, find a podcast, a book, whatever it is, find something that can give you that support. Um, Because I know it can get very, very lonely, especially for women, especially during the pandemic. It was very lonely for us out there. As much as we seek support, we're so afraid to ask for it. So I think the most important part is be okay with asking for help. Like remind yourself that you're not in this journey alone and there's other people out there who want to help you succeed and help you boss up and take you to the next level. Thank you so much for coming back on the show, Sheenan. Congratulations on your book. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this interview. I hope that you loved hearing from Sheena. And if you're interested in getting yourself a copy of her book, Asian Women Who Boss Up, I'm going to link it in the show notes. I'm also going to link her website and her Instagram so that you can follow her and get in touch with her. And I want to thank you so much for being here. It was really fun to air this interview episode after doing so many solo episodes and I loved chatting with Sheena. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can look down in the show notes. You'll find my website. You'll find information on reaching out if you want to just say hi or if you want to inquire about working with me one-on-one. All of that is down below. I am so grateful to have you here. We're getting towards the end of 2021. I'm really excited for some of the episodes that I have planned for December. I have the season five finale coming. Season five of the podcast has been a year long. This season has been so long. I I didn't need to take a break because this was the year that I took the podcast full time. So I had a lot more time to work on it. And so I usually end the season every few months to give myself a break because I used to be working on the podcast on the side while I was in my corporate job. But now that I'm not in my corporate job anymore and I'm just doing this full time, I don't need as many breaks. And so this was a really long season, but I did want to round it out and have like that sense of ending, especially as we move into 2022, which for me is really feeling like a time of new beginnings. I don't know if it's feeling that way for you, but that's really how it's feeling for me. And so I'm really looking forward to what's coming in December. So keep tuning in and I will catch you in those episodes. And please feel free to say hi to me. Again, I'll drop all my contact info below. And with that, I'm going to hop off and wish you a beautiful, magical day. Bye.